Welcome to the conversation. I am Benjamin Dixon, host of the Benjamin Dixon Show, filling in. And I am joined by none other than the indomitable Senator Nina Turner. She needs absolutely no introduction. Senator Turner, thank you so much for joining us. It is great to be here with you, Ben. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. I appreciate any time that you're available uh, to have these conversations. Uh, there's so much happening. Uh, you have your podcast out. Uh, Hello, somebody. Uh, I am a proud supporter of your podcast. I'm a patron of the podcast. And um, I'm a patron of yours. You're a patron of mine. You know, reciprocate. I love it. Um, and then we have the DNC that's happening right now, just the full realm of politics. Um, I, I, I want to begin. Let's start with your podcast. Um, tell us about it, how it's going and 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 what that experience has been like for you. It's going very well. And, and thank you, too, because I've been able to, to lean on you and look at your model as well as some other uh, progressives. And we certainly have had conversations about this. It's going very well. It debuted on Juneteenth. What a fitting day to debut on. It is international. I am proud to report. And it is just really growing by leaps and bounds. I am so grateful and thankful to the people who are supporting this podcast. We were talking to people from all walks of life. The whole notion of hello somebody came from a speech that I gave at the Queens Bridge, as you may remember, Ben, where I was doing the call and response. And it just came, it was just laid on my heart to say hello somebody. Next thing I know, it was coming out of my mouth. Hello somebody. And the crowd <laughs> just went crazy. So just really took that and decided Hey, podcast. Hello, somebody. That was it. Divine intervention. And the rest is history, as they say. So it has been I have been blessed. It's been going phenomenally well. And I do expect the best is still yet to come. Absolutely. And and on the podcast, I mean, you you do talk politics, but you also talk about life uh, and you, you talk about like some really real issues. Um, could you just, just give us like substantivity, like what, 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 what is driving the podcast? So when people come and listen to it, because when people see you, they see that you are a Senator, a former state Senator, that you have been a surrogate for Bernie Sanders. You are a leading voice in pro on progressive issues, the fight for Medicare for all. Uh, but then interwoven in that is like an, a, another layer of Senator Turner. Actually, not even Senator Turner, Nina Turner. Nina Turner, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody is somebody, and that really is the foundation of Hello Somebody, having these conversations and these deep conversations, as you mentioned, not just about politics, but about people's real life. And one particular interview that I just had very recently was the one with Cori Bush, and we really mm -hmm. went deep, not just her epic win, but what it took for her to get there. You know, people see folks oftentimes when they've already accomplished, they, they have the title, they have the thing, but they don't really pay as much attention to what it took to get there. And Corey really went deep. She talked about abuse, uh, having a, an, a, an abusive partner and how that abuse uh, not only affected her mentally, spiritually, physically, but also impacted her economically as well. Uh, the whole notion that her and her children at one, one time in her life had to sleep in her car. You know, here is a lady who's a nurse and an activist really got triggered, if you will, in a positive way because of something horrible that ha happened. That is what happened in Mike Brown in Ferguson. So it's issues like that, that a lot of people in this country can relate to Corey Bush's story. You know, even myself, I've had financial 
challenges and difficulties uh, throughout my life as as well. And so you got to have a willingness to make, you know, to te- your testimony. It's a testimony. And, and you can't have a, a testimony without a test. And so we're tested throughout this life. But it is those of us who are willing and who have the courage not only to share the stories of overcoming, but to also plant seeds into other people that they can overcome as well. Yes, we talk about Medicare for all and all those other very important issues that I care about and that people like you care about and so many others. But we take it to the personal as well because that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And that's how, most importantly, people come to understand that they are not in this alone and that they are not the only ones that are catching hell. Mm. There are lots of people who can relate, either relate from the past or relate right now. They catch Hello, somebody. Hello. Um, let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um, the presidential race um, that's on everyone's mind. Uh, the convention just wrapped up, um, and uh, I want to talk about Tuesday night in particular uh, when AOC spoke. Uh, you've had some you've had some personal experience with uh, the complicated nature of, to say the least, of the DNC and of this convention, uh, but also the press spinning your words. Uh, on Tuesday night, they took AOC and her action of nominating Senator Bernard Sanders, um, giving a second to the nomination. Uh, the media kind of took that and ran to the left when it, when in fact, it's just a normal protocol. Um, I'd like for you to speak on that and maybe not so much on the the particulars unless you just want to, but just on the specifics of your experience with the DNC and how how they spend things on progressives. Yeah, I mean, really, this whole convention has been progressives need not apply. Mm. Uh, That that is something that our movement is going to have to wrestle with. It is very clear that the DNC wants to do business with anybody but progressives. So it's going to be a hard road road to toe. There are many progressives, however, who are fighting like hell, Ben, as you know. I mean, let me just talk about what they did in California, you know, making sure that our brother, Congressman Ro Khanna, was the chair of that delegation. That happened because progressives fought for it. It didn't just happen by osmosis. It happened because they made a demand and there was going to be a consequence for that demand. Look at what our Bernie Kratz sisters and brothers um, were able to do in terms of galvanizing, and, and this was led by the Nevada delegation. Right. Say, if Medicare for all is not on that platform, let's vote no. And right. they got over 700 delegates, and even people like Congressman Rokana, people like Cori Bush, soon to be titled Congresswoman, but a whole host of people decided, you know what? Activists, you laying it down, you drawing that line, we are with you. Even yours truly, I voted against that platform as well because there is no reason on God's green earth why in the midst of a pandemic that you would have Democrats in particular, but both parties, just Democrats, Republicans, just people serving in office that would look at the suffering that is happening to our sisters and brothers in this country by way of losing their job. And we know that the commodification of healthcare, healthcare is linked to your job. So most of those people who are unemployed, who lost their jobs, also lost their healthcare. And that even in the midst of all of that, Ben, that ain't enough to move these people. And so I am really proud of the progressive movement on that point. But when we look at the stage, who Democrats gave the limelight to. It is wanting 
when it comes to progressives. And yes, I know a thing or two about that from experience because in 2016, they blocked me from putting Senator Bernie Sanders' name in nomination with Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. Mm. Mm, and this is so you you've just hit on a you you've hit on everything right let's let's dig into it a little bit because uh, I like what you where you started off where progressives need not apply they've given more attention to Republicans they've given more airtime to Republicans at this convention than they have actual progressives what what is the response of progressives like where do we where do we even go from here when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place between uh, a, a, allowing a fascist to take power again but then also the the party that's in opposition. Um, we need not apply. Realizing where we are, Ben, that's number one. Understanding, you know, scoping out the situation, as my grandmother would say, scoping out the situation. Understanding what our positioning is with Democrats. We can't keep begging the Democratic Party to do the right thing. We have got to organize. And when we're done organizing, organize some more and mm-hmm. make the demand. And you're right. I mean, we are stuck between a rock and a hard place. I think I use more colorful language than you're using right now. Uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, just letting it be known, you know, that we do understand that President Trump is a clear and present danger. As a matter of fact, a Roots Action, along with some other progressive groups, are leading an effort in the battleground states to push people to the polls, not not and, and not looking away at at. Biden's faults, being very clear about his faults, but also being clear that in those battleground states, it is important. You know, they, they have a whole campaign to trying to get people to to support Vice President Biden, not so much for him. It's more against President Trump. Right. Democrats need to understand this. This is not a race for. This is pretty much a race against. And as Dr. Cornell West laid it out clearer than I think anybody has, the choices between a neo-fascist and a neoliberal, the neo-fascists go kill us a little quicker. Yeah. Neoliberal, yeah. we're gonna have to mount a battle. That is for sure. But the slap in the face to your final to, to the point, to the question you were asking me, yes, progressives, we've been slapped in the face. And we need to understand that and decide where do we go from here as a movement. As you know, we have some of our sisters and brothers who want to continue to fight within the party. It's our party. We can cry if we want to mm-hmm. and not allow the neoliberals to push us out. And then there are others of our sisters and brothers on the progressive in the progressive wing who just had enough. And they yeah. said them exit. We can organize, I believe, both of those thought, both of those uh both of those thoughts, both, 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 yeah, both of those um, groups together, both the Dem Exeters and the and the and the and the progressives who actually want to stay in the party. I want to see us organize both of those and become real co-conspirators, mm-hmm. run people in every single race. Yeah, there yeah. is neoliberal who is not willing to evolve and change on behalf of the people. And I'm glad you actually said that. Um, There's a a couple of things. I mean, we... Let me hurry up because there's so many questions I want to ask you. Um, one is is the hope that we have on these local races, these congressional districts. While while we may not have won the White House uh, this time around, uh, there have been some victories. You mentioned Cory Bush. You have uh, Mondaire Jones. You have uh, Jamal Bowman. Uh, you have quite a few victories that actual progressives are getting in power. So for those, uh, I, I'd like for you to discuss that in context of those people who want to leave the Democratic Party. Not so much because I understand that frustration. But it seems like we are getting some gains. Would you agree? 
Yeah, we are slowly but surely at this pace, though. It's too slow of a pace. So we're going to have to shake things up. You know, I had a boss who used to say, if your hair is on fire, act like your hair is on fire. Or America, mm. our hair is on fire right now. Too many people suffering, too many platitudes going on, Ben Dixon, at, yep. this, at this convention. But we know that's what the convention is for, right? It's the team cheerleading for its own team. So anybody yeah. that was expecting anything different, I hate to break it to them. That is the nature of a convention. I'm not trying to be flipped. It is right. the nature of the convention. And because the Democratic Party has not, even in its own platform, decided that it is going to be revolutionary, what we see is what we're getting. And it's also a prelude, a preview, if you will, of how a Biden administration will govern. However, that does not mean that the grassroots, the progressives, the liberators, whatever, how people want to label themselves, cannot get out there and fight like hell. We should do that no matter what, every single election cycle, time out for honeymoons with elected officials. You yeah. can love them or us, you can like us, but baby, when it comes time to deliver for the people, either we're delivering or we are not. You're giving us an opportunity to deliver, but ultimately when it's re-election time, you got to assess not how much you like this person, not how much how you love this person, not how much history this person is making, Right. but is there some substance yeah. to Ultimately, what do the people have to gain? Gain, and that's every election cycle, all levels, not just the Congress, not just the presidency, but we should ask the question, whose side are you on? And prove it through what you're pushing. I, I, I like the way you put it. If your hair is on fire, act like your hair is on fire. And in context of the Democratic platform, um, they removed measures calling for an end of fossil fuel subsidies from the platform. So we they, go ahead. Yeah, after we voted. No, go ahead. I'm, I didn't mean to cut no. you. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's exactly it. That's exactly right. After it was almost, you, know, you guys voted on it, and then they they pulled it away. That I mean, just just speak on that because I, I I have a lot of words to categorize that. But you're in that. Tell us tell us what happened there, and and what does that say in terms of their truthfulness towards progressive values. Well, it says what it said in 2016. You may recall there was a lawsuit filed against the DNC, and. Mm -hmm lawyer for the DNC basically said, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have his words, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he, he said that the DNC has a right, it's a private or organization, and they could pick their nominee in a smoke-filled room. Mm. People will look that up. And so it is no surprise of what they did during this platform. Not only did they do that in the dark at night, but what they even did in the light is, is just as bad, which is to not put Medicare for All in that platform to not put conditions on our sisters and brothers in Israel for the humane treatment of our our Palestinian sisters and brothers. Come on now. It's just like we got to come together and we got to stand up together and be in this fight together. Our Palestinian sisters and brothers deserve better than what they're getting right now. And we could have affirmed that in our platform, albeit it's a non-binding uh, instrument, but right. Oh, it's supposed to be aspirational. It is not supposed to reflect the desires and the wishes of the nominees. See, they got this all twisted. It is supposed to reflect the desires of the people. And then the last time I checked and looked at polls, when I look at some of the major issues of our day, Medicare for all, unionization, you know, the Green New Deal, yeah. canceling student debt, the, the majority of the American people are right where progressives are. But the Democratic platform does not reflect that. So no Medicare for all, 
no conditions and protecting our Palestinian sisters and brothers. Hell, they didn't even legalize, say that they are committed to legalizing cannabis. And we know what the war on drugs has, has done to decimate the black community in particular. And even though the Democrats enjoy over 90% of the black vote, still could not get them in a non-binding document to commit on the federal level to take in cannabis off of schedule one. So, I mean, you put it in a context that is, um, that shines a light on it, but when we shine the light on it, it's, it's even more infuriating. The fact that this is a non-binding statement that shows the values and the aspirations of the party, not so much the candidate, but when you consider what the party is doing, um, and to, to give you some more context, Rahm Emanuel's piece in the Washington, in the Wall Street Journal, uh, where he said that he wants these Biden Republicans to not just come over temporarily. He wants them to come over to the Democratic Party permanently. Um, they're showing every sign that they have more intention of moving to the right to adopt policies that are friendly to the Republican Party than they are moving to the left to adopt policies that are friendly to progressives and to humanity in general. Speak on that for me. That's right, Ben. And I think it was Dr. Maya Angelou who once said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Believe this. This is who they really, really are. And I have no qualms. You know, I've I've served in the Senate. I've served in bodies, but particularly on the Senate level in Ohio, where you do from time to time come into some agreement across the aisle. I get that. That is powerful. They could have come to that agreement because it is good to see some Republicans affirm that President Donald Trump is a is a is a is a disaster. That's putting it in PG. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a clear and present danger. No doubt about that. You won't hear Sister Turner arguing against that. My, however, though, to this is that you can embrace those Republicans who who want to come and be allies just in this moment, just in this moment. Because see, man, I want to see some allyship on some stuff that's really going to change some lives here. I want to see some allyship from our Republican sisters and brothers on Medicare for All and the Green New Deal and canceling mm-hmm. student debt. See, that's where progressives come in. We need to be on these folks like white on rice and black on coal, baby, not giving them any relief. You hear me? I hear that. It's okay to do what they did. You're not going to... However, the however is, but you got to then shun the progressive mm. movement, the entire... 2016 and 2020 presidential elections animated by the progressive movement. 69% of Americans want to see Medicare for all. Hello, that's not Democrat. That's not Republican. I said 69%. And if you saw for who is a Democrat, it's in the 80. It's like 88%. You know, so don't tell me that the people don't want these things. And all of the people earlier in that we named then that we talked about who won. Mm-hmm. Those folks ran an unabashed pro-progressive campaign, and they won. Mm. This is what the people want. Mm. Which terrifies me in context of, of the threat that, that we know, you know, you've already stated it. I, I just want to state it on the record. We are all very cognizant of the threat that Donald Trump is. But because the Democrats are not running a progressive campaign— it terrifies me when we've seen historically that when Democrats run a centrist campaign, they lose. When they run a progressive campaign, they win. I would like for you to speak about the unthinkable possibility of Joe Biden winning, losing because of the type of campaign that they're running. I want them to take this race as seriously as we are, as the progressives are. 
as I, as I said, you got progressive organizations uniting in battleground states in particular, really acknowledging that some of our sister brothers in other states, like California, for example, they, people can vote their consciousness, you know, vote your consciousness, but trying to push people in the battleground states to vote for Mr. Biden. There we, you know, progressives are taking it more serious than, than, than they are. They, you need, Ben, <laughs> you need leaders who have a vision and that vision needs to provide provision for the people. And instead of the Democrats running towards that progressive agenda that the people are embracing, they're running from it. So the question becomes, what motivates marginalized communities to come out and vote? We saw what happened in 2016. Hello, somebody. You know, I, I just, you know, Einstein defined insanity. He did. And yeah. why they want to play games with it in 2020, knowing what is at stake, I don't have a clue for that. Yet, meanwhile, back at the ranch, they want to guilt people and, and, and push people. Y'all got to vote. You got to vote. You got to vote this way. But yet, given the people really no real reason, what is going to change for mm. the people in the communities that we love and support. What really is going to change on Main Street? Mm-hmm. I mean, you see, Wall Street is giddy about this ticket. Yeah, yeah. Giddy. I mean, the headline came out the next day when, when Senator Harris was selected. And congratulations, I get the history of that. Beautiful history and we need history and. But I didn't write the headline, Ben. And I didn't write the headline. I, the headline was clear. Wall Street is... You know, relieved. relieved. And so if they're relieved, the qu- the question becomes, will this ticket defy Wall Street on behalf of the people? Inquire mm-hmm. about want to know. Senator Nina Turner, the indomitable, unconquerable and unstoppable Nina Turner. Thank you so much for for being a part of this. Could you tell everybody real quick how they can get access to your uh, to your podcast? Yes, just visit my website, ninaturner.com, and all of the links to the podcast are there. Whether you have a Droid or Apple, you can get it, baby. So go to ninaturner.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Nina Turner, and on Instagram, Nina Turner Ohio. Ben Dixon, I just got to lift you up. You are indomitable in your own right. Thank you. For, I mean, you tell the truth, the whole truth. I mean, you lift it. I, you really, really do. Now, next hey. time we're together, we got to talk about something you posted about basically Mother Nature going to take care of things. Oh. Next generation is so radical. Hey, it, one way or another, the establishment is going to is going to be ending sooner or later. Thank you, Senator Turner. Let's talk about that real soon. Take care. You too.